Do I believe that this is the most important election year of our lifetimes? No, I don't. Because every year is the most important election year of our lifetimes. Um, I'm assuming that that's determinant of where you sit on the aisle. However, I have a treat in the air of this one day becoming a video podcast. Even though I know you guys, listeners probably won't be able to see this. I have here what used to be a virgin ballot, a ballot that had never once been opened. Needless to say, though, this ballot is unfilled out. Tonight, I will be playing the role of an uninformed, unassuming voter who just randomly got this spam in the mail uh, and doing my civic duty. Of course, like any goodie bag, um, there happens to be some paraphernalia here. First of all, an I voted sticker that I can stick. Well, it's not letting me get it. Yeah, I voted stickers seem to be fucking hell trickier and trickier ah. on uh, mail-in ballots. There we go. Now I can proclaim to the world that uh, uh, I'm on the right side of history, as they say. And it should be noted, listeners, uh, Sebastian yanked the sticker off the paper and slapped it onto his face. So, uh... so comes with envelope, reply envelope as well. All registered voters in Los Angeles County have been mailed a vote-by-mail ballot. Vote safely at home. Make your voice heard. So while I get my sleek bourgeoisie pen here that um, I probably stole from some office, I'm going to head and fill this out. If you'd like to make ample commentary on the sidelines, feel free. Um, I feel like as I start naming names and issues, they'll probably the voices will become more prominent. Uh, that could just be the you, schizophrenia you'll know talking. You'll I'm going to hiss. I'm going to hiss when it yeah, comes to Yeah, yeah. So there are two U.S. Senate contests on this ballot. One for the regular six-year term ending on January 3rd, 2029. One for the remainder current term ending on January 3rd, 2023. You may vote for both contests. Well, I'm a fan of choice. <clears throat> National election, full term, Mark Muser or Alex Padilla. We have a constitutional attorney pitted against an appointed U.S. senator. So I feel like the C lazy option would be to tune in to my inner biases and look at the buzzwords here. In this case, it would be party preference. Who do I side with politically? And then just kind of go off of that. However, short of just ripping this ballot up, because I think that's what most people would rather want to do, Mark Muser... Thoughts, prayers, uh, no like, idea who you know, like, like, uh, what was that? I have one no lawyer? musings about Mr. Muser. What was the one lawyer from The Simpsons? What was his name? Lionel Hutz or something? I don't remember. <laughs> okay, don't well, there's a famous quote from The Simpsons Good for you, son. If the world needs something more, it's more lawyers. <laughs> so. I think I know who my choice is going to be for that. And you could probably guess by my sarcasm. Uh, so this is for the full term and this is for the short term. Okay. Same choices. And I think part of the reason why Padilla and Muser are on the ballot, uh, part of the reason why they're both on there twice is because you've got the actual proper term as well as the unfinished term that Kamala Harris would have right. served right. out until this point, but 
didn't because she was tapped to be vice president after basically calling Joe Biden a rapist on stage. <clears throat> <clears throat> Uh, well, we move on to Burbank City General Municipal Elections, uh, the members for the city council. We can vote for no more than three. We have Nikki Perez, a nonprofit program manager, Tamala Takahashi, an environmental advocate, Sharon Springer, the incumbent, Zizette Mullins, a Burbank City clerk, and Carmenita Heligar, a diversity advocate. We can also write in three candidates, and short of me writing Harambe as if that would have been oh so funny in 2016, I'm kind of at a loss for what to put in these categories because, quite frankly, I'm not familiar with any of them. So, much like the SAT, I'm going to go ahead and use some critical thinking and deduction here, as well as call in both of my lifelines, i.e. you. Well, see, for me, on the Santa Clarita side of this ballot, I just see the rotating cast of familiar characters that we always see here. It's just right. musical chairs for right. Santa Clarita, at least. It's right. like, hey, is it your turn to be mayor or is it mine? It's, it's basically like uh, everyone who's anyone. It's like jury duty or like deal or no deal. Pretty everyone much. ends up on it eventually. <laughs> you either live long enough to see yourself move out of Santa Clarita or... Or you either move out of Santa Clarita or live long enough to see yourself serve on city council. <laughs> city council. Yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it. Uh, who are the who, who's listed as the uh, opponents of the three incumbents running for re-election, Matt? Well, I'm gonna run down this list: Cody Amour, never heard of him; David Barlavi, who's our tax attorney slash father and resident cigar chomper. The cigar Selena, dad of cigar dads. I, rem I remember drawing that comic. Mm. <laughs> Selena M. Thomas, business owner. Bill Miranda, council member, city of Santa Clarita slash businessman. Yeah. Jeffrey Malik, chief of staff. Marsha McLean, Santa Clarita councilwoman slash business owner. Douglas mm. Fraser, retired county employee. Lorraine West, mayor of Santa Clarita. And Denise Light, family legal advocate. Then the three right in So they have so, the whole break. They have the whole Breakfast Club. Then okay. Well, there, there's there's somebody missing who was previously running. Uh, hey, buddy, one more thing. So it's kind of surprising uh, that that's changed. But you know, it's. Uh, I mean, hey. Uh, not I heard, I heard he's not shifted. He shifted a little more to the right. Um, but know, I think he's just doing that because he's totally out of options and he destroyed and when i mean destroyed i mean he he completely alienated his base um I'll, two years I'll put ago it to you, I'll, even if I'll you could even like call this. it a base i'll put it to you like this not everybody could be the tiger king okay so we go to burbank <laughs> unified school we go to burbank unified school district right uh actually my turf we have Larry mm. Applebaum, a parent contractor technician. Abby Ponser Kamkar, a parent and education administrator. Okay. Char Charlene Tabay, the incumbent. Brian J. Smith, a parent workplace director. James L. Morrison, a game artist. Michael Morgan, Megaverse <laughs> principal administrator. That's like the most fucking batshit supervillain title I think I've ever heard. <laughs> Megaverse. And... Uh, Haryutin Katikian, a probation officer and father. On the Santa Clarita side, we have Joe Messina, incumbent and resident racist lunatic, uh. and Rebecca Hindman, parent slash volunteer coordinator. So you don't have many options, do you? Eh, well, I mean, that's a 
That's an easy bubble. Page one of six is complete, gentlemen. Ah, here we go. Yes or no, Los Angeles Community College District Special Election Measure LA. To repair, upgrade local community colleges, classrooms, water pipes, sewer, gas lines, technology, science labs for nurses, paramedics, firefighters, veterans. I just pointed at y'all because, you know, go me. Prepare students for jobs, university transfer, remove asbestos, lead paint, acquire, construct, repair facilities, sites, equipment, shall Los Angeles Community College District's measure, measure authorizing 5.3 million in bonds at legal rates, yada, 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 levies, subpoenas, without standing funds. I'm glad I didn't pick this route of finance to pursue my career. Yes or no? No. I, I think we I'm know little, how Rand Paul would vote. You know, I'm a little biased. I went to a four-year. Uh, that wasn't for lack of trying, however, or should I say lack of not trying, because Jesus Christ, senior year. Uh, ah, County Sheriff Alex Villanueva or Robert Luna. Oh, boy. Yeah, we can also write in a candidate, but of course, you know. Let's write in Ryan. Oh, jeez. Just write in Ryan. Ryan Mancini. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, that's... I, I'd say vote wisely on that one. Um, and I, mm -hmm. I do mean that just because that... I think out of all the races, and this is something that Andrew and I talked about at tremendous length, but also at, with great emphasis uh, during the Snapple Facts episode, this is the one race in particular where people really need to step up and basically just not vote for Alex Villanueva, um, mm -hmm. given the fact that the guy is obviously not a proven criminal by any legal stretch. His corruption has easily made him a very Trump-like figure in L.A. and in L.A. County. And the whole L.A. deputy gang saga is probably one of the biggest blights on... The whole region right now is the fact that we're, we have a law enforcement agency that is so completely corrupt to the core and it's led by a man who not only leads those gangs but also ran on saying he was going to basically be an agent of change and mm. you know be it be a progressive sheriff and as time has gone on as reporting more and more reporting and genuinely good reporting has come out from Knock LA from the LA Times, it's become abundantly clear that this is a man who's abusing his power so much so that it's it's unfortunately becoming all too common now, but I think this is one of those races where, much like the presidential race in 2020, much like what we just saw in Brazil, I genuinely wonder if Villanueva loses. I wonder how gracious he's going to be. My gut tells me he absolutely won't, and he'll cling to power for as long as possible. And if that's the person running your one of the biggest law enforcement agencies in the whole country, mm -hmm. that's that's a, that's a dangerous precedent and a dangerous sign. As much as I snicker at, oh, we'll just write in Ryan. Like I, I do mean right. right that's right, right. a race. Put my name for anybody else. <laughs> running for all I care, but for sheriff, for goodness sake, I'll I'll, I'll repeat myself uh, back in the summer. You know, for goodness sake, don't okay. let me in a way of get another term. Well, we can definitely kind of skip ahead here because what we have here are members of the board of trustees. Um, we have miscellaneous judges of superior courts, and at this point, I'm kind of 
you know, knowing the time that we have and knowing the commentary that we have throughout, I'm sort of voting on my own accord here as well uh, as I'm listening. So we can actually just skip to the county measures, which is probably what more people want to hear anyway. Because Are I they just county measures or state measures? County measures. County okay. measure A, okay. county measure C. Yep. So or the state, it's propositions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Here, right. here it's called questions, which I just mm. feel like I'm a part of. I'm just like, come on, man. Let let's let's spruce it up a little bit. So shall the measure amending the County of Los Angeles Charter to grant the Board of Supervisors authority to remove an elected sheriff from office for cause, including a violation of law related to a sheriff's duties, flagrant or repeated neglect of duties, misappropriation of funds, willful falsification of documents, or obstructing an investigation by a four-fifths vote of the Board of Supervisors after written notice and an opportunity, opportunity to be heard be adopted? Hmm, I wonder who that's about. Mm. <laughs> This sounds like the fuck the police option. I was going to say, yeah, a little bit. Um, okay. Oh, this one you'll love. This is Measure C. Shall the measure enacting a tax in the unincorporated areas of Los Angeles County, County on cannabis businesses at annual rates not to exceed $10 per square foot for cultivation? Adjusted for inflation, of course. And a percentage of gross receipts for various cannabis businesses, including retail 6%, testing laboratory 2%, and distribution 3%. Manufacturing and for all other cannabis businesses, 4%, generating approximately $10.3 million to $15.1 million annually until ended by voters be adopted. I don't smoke. Uh... I've never bought a weed until today. Fair enough. Or have I? I? Or I, did I buy them today? You don't know. Maybe plausible deniability. I, I would just simply say, think of all the the people that need their won't somebody provisions. Think, won't somebody think of the gateways? <laughs> all right, state governor people, Gavin Newsom, Brian Dale. Is that Dalle. how you pronounce it? Dale Dolly? Like it like looks Piffle? like Dolly to me. Or Dalle. I don't even know what the guy looks like. I don't even know either. He looks like Ryan for all intents and purposes. I'm guessing, <laughs> but he's a farmer. Oh, never oh. mind. He looks like Ryan with a tan. Lieutenant Governor Eleni Kunalakis or Angela Kunalakis. Kunalakis. Brian Dale doesn't look anything like me. What are you talking I'm about? Joking. I don't even know what he looks I'm like, so joking. I'm not even entering that line of discussion. Okay. Eleni Kunalakis, what about her? Uh, Lieutenant Governor. Lieutenant Governor or Angela E. Underwood Jacobs. Secretary of State Shirley N. Weber or Rob Bernoski. We have an appointed California Secretary of State or a Chief Financial Officer. So we just in mass just applying to jobs we're not qualified for because yeah, I would I mean, love to be an executive producer for a film. Well, we have here controller. We have Lenny J. Chen, who's a fiscal advisor and educator, or Malia M. Cohen, who is the actual California State Board of Equalization member. So. I mean, you, you run the apprentice, you run the country kind of thing. So <laughs> here, let me let me double check on. Uh, I'm really just looking for one of these names to stick out to me of the various commercials that I've seen on TV that can't make up their fucking mind about advertising space. Have because... you seen or have you have you gotten to attorney general yet? Uh, no, that's okay. the second to next one. So here we have the treasurer. We have Jack M. Guerrero and Fiona Ma. 
uh, one of which is a council member, CPA ec economist, and the other is the state treasurer, who's also a CPA. I feel like you just have to be a CPA in this position. So let me let me just quickly read uh, what Knock LA has, and it's it's really really short because um, sure. they have no recommendation for treasurer. Um, mm. So. Ma has been accused of sexually harassing a former staffer and nearly threw away four hundred and seventy-six million dollars on a fraudulent uh, on a fraudulent N ninety-five mask deal. She has also received large campaign donations from police associations, the real estate industry, and financial institutions. Her conservative opponent, Jack Guerrero, a business consultant, and I always get this city name mixed up. Uh, could he? Kudahe, mm -hmm. Kudahe city council member, is an outspoken abortion opponent and Trump supporter who uses dangerous immigrant bashing language like place citizens first. So that might be one of those races that you... You, you, you lose either way. You kind of lose because, I mean... Yeah, well... <laughs> anyway, Attorney General Nathan Hockman, general counsel... <laughs> Or Rob Bonta, appointed Attorney General of the State of California. It's what do you like think I'm, of that one? It's like I'm filling out Mad Libs. That's what I think about it. <laughs> insurance Commissioner, Ricardo Lara or Robert Howell? We have an insurance commissioner and a cybersecurity equipment manufacturer. You know, I thought game programmer or game maker was kind of outlandish. but So that one, I have a, a short edition also from knock la that i think uh you and listeners may find actually both of you and listeners may find enlightening because they also have no recommendation on insurance commissioner current insurance commissioner ricardo lara accepted tens of thousands of dollars in campaign donations from the insurance industry executives he regulates violating a 2018 campaign pledge he also intervened at least four times in favor of a donor during an administrative proceeding lara does not deserve your vote his opponent, who touts himself as a Reagan Republican, cannot be recommended either. Hmm. Well, thank God. So when, for... which of the lesser of the two evils do we pick? Yeah, that's up to, that's up to the pen, the brain, in this case, lack thereof, um, because I'm relying on my voting power for a three-way conversation on Zoom. Um, <laughs> yeah, you said three-way. <laughs> uh, the menage. The Menage, the Member State Board of Equalization 3rd District. Now, this is interesting because we have Tony Vasquez, who's a Board of Equalization member, uh, whose party preference is Democratic. And then the first party preference where none is applicable, E. Marie Manvel, a Social Services Commissioner. I always wonder if people don't designate party preferences purposefully because it'll make them seem like they stand out more or maybe uh, bipartisan as a result. See, I did it for a while because I was young, dumb, and idealistic, and I was like, George Washington knew what he was talking about when he said avoid party preferences. Mm -hmm. um, I clearly woke up to the reality of the world, and yeah. yeah. Well, and in all fairness, Washington was a hypocrite because he made sure he got as many Federalist loyalists to fill in as many roles as possible, whether it was sure. uh, the Supreme Court or just vacancies in his cabinet. I mean, do as I say, not as I do. He still had a cult of personality on the other side. Uh, it's it's just how it was back then. The big one, gents. Vote yes or no. Constitutional right. 
to reproductive freedom. Amends California Constitution to expressly include an individual's fundamental right to reproductive freedom, which includes the fundamental right to choose to have an abortion and the fundamental right to choose or refuse contraceptives. This amendment does not narrow or limit the existing rights to privacy and equal protection under the California Constitution. Fiscal impact. Does anyone want to take a guess? That's right. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. Because reproductive (laughs) rights already are protected by state law. Unless yours says something else, but no, mine says that. But like, okay. I'm not not even joking on this. If you vote no, fuck you. Yeah, don't listen to our podcast anymore. <laughs> fuck you. Oh man, I say that as someone who has only very recently come into the podcast. But right, right, <laughs> okay. Uh, this one's interesting too. Allows in-person roulette, dice games, sports wagering on tribal lands. Initiative, constitutional amendment, and statute. Also allows sports wagering at certain horse racing tracks, private lawsuits to enforce certain gambling laws, directs revenues to general fund problem gambling programs enforcement. The fiscal impact, it increased state revenues, possibly reaching tens of millions of dollars annually. Some of these revenues would support increased state regulatory and enforcement costs that could reach the low tens of millions of dollars annually. So... 26 Again, and 27 are the ones that are always on TV that I see. Yes. yes so, those so are the, yeah. This one is primarily targeting our age demographic, those that just can't seem to get off our damn phones over, you know, the Robin Hoods and the, uh, what is it, Draft Kings? Is that one? Yeah, Draft King. Draft Kings. And there was one called That's, like uh, Fantasy Sports. Yeah, it was like Fantasy Sports. Um, or the thing is, is that 27? This is uh, State Measure 26. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah, the 26 and 27 are kind of similar. Um, Something that's... Actually, this is more to do with 27. Keep going. Well, I was going to say, I suppose this really falls into question of whether or not you yourself as an individual, the one who is uh, voting, happens to like gambling or not. And the truth of the matter is, is that besides the growing just addictive nature that it indeed has... I'm really trying to understand the best case scenario here. If voting yes means that one day California eventually turns into a state like Vegas, where tax is predominantly non-existent due to the plethora of income coming from casinos, is that really going to be the case? And then voting no, I guess, would just be like, okay, rah, rah, I fucking hate, you know, organized gambling. But again... The potential of increased state revenues, possibly reaching tens of millions of dollars. Some of these revenues, like, okay, there's no guarantee, but I'm sure someone has ran the numbers here and invariably compared it to something like Nevada. Eh, I mean, again, if you're someone who particularly gambles on their phone for some reason, go for it. But it's really not who I am personally, but but 27 is online and mobile. 27 oh 26 okay so, in so, person. so so this is just in person then okay so i'm kind of jumping six is in here. person all right. right 26 just to again also from knock la the important thing to note here is that prop 26 would legalize in-person sports betting which is much easier to regulate than online gambling in terms of preventing underage gambling and ensuring protections against problem gambling it would also allow california tribes to continue to benefit from casinos as their primary economic engine which is partly why it is a strongly why it is strongly supported by a coalition of 42 member tribes at the California Nations Indian Gaming Association. 
So they recommend yes on 26. For 27, the corporate online sports betting proposition. I guess that would kind of fall under personal preference of, hey, everything basically outside of a casino and the laws regulating how old you have to be to open an account, which I guarantee you most people who open up brokerage accounts like Robinhood and try to, I guess, gamble that way are doing it mm, under the table ish is my assumption and with 27 it's it, the uncertainty of it and also what it's alleged to accomplish are part of the reason why there's a strong or at least it, it doesn't seem so strong based on the advertising but it's why there is a strong push for people to vote no on that one and the reason for the idea behind it or at least the way it's being marketed to voters is that it's been branded as an anti-homelessness measure mm. and I should note, too, this is coming from some tribes that claim to not have casinos, despite the fact that you can easily Google these tribes and you do find that they have casinos. Because the idea is, well, we're going to hurt if 27 doesn't get passed. The reality of it is, is that there are some of these tribes that are trying to stick it to Newsom over homelessness. It's In a lot of ways, it's, it's no different from the kind of language you hear from Rick Caruso or from a typical santa clarita city council meeting where it's this idea of the state has all this money and they're just not doing a damn thing about homelessness which is true yeah, the problem tell is, that, is tell, that, that, tell that to uh, alaska and its oil reserves which the problem yeah. is is that <laughs> the fact that the response the fact that the response against that is basically to double down on cruelty towards the homeless it, it kind of makes you wonder okay so if we're in a surplus in California, what on earth makes you think that all this online betting stuff is going to accumulate money that's going to resolve it? We, I mean, it, we doesn't, are... it doesn't stop the habits necessarily. I mean, no. oh no. if we're looking at this from like a psychological standpoint, how many people do you know still buy scratchers, for instance, something so benign? And, and it's like, I look at it like this, while I'm not in the business of lampooning and bastardizing individuals who go out there and think that they can't win if they don't play it's not exactly the pessimist in me when i look at the outlandish odds of even considering for a moment that i could ever win the lottery when i say you do not lose if you don't show up either so take that with a grain of salt uh yeah. i forgot to ask uh g Pud pudlow pudlow or adam schiff is Hang on, there there's, there should be somebody on there that we talked about a while back with you after you came back. Um, maybe yep. a girl. Maybe a girl. Maybe a girl is the name. Yes. What? Actually, I think that might. Hang on. Let me let me huh. just double check. Uh, G. Gene. Maybe a girl. Hoodlow. Okay, here's the LA Times story from when we last talked about it. That's maybe a girl up okay. going up against uh, Trump's pal Adam Schiff. Shifty Schiff, as he would call him. And again, that's an important race where, as I said before, do you want somebody who's been somebody who's been around Burbank long enough that my mom remembers him coming up to our front door back in the day, <laughs> or do you want somebody who's got some fresh who's a fresh face and offers a hell of a lot more politically uh okay so let's go ahead and burn through these as well 
provide so state measure 28 provide additional funding for arts and music education in public schools mm. no nah. <laughs> uh wow i'm really brought back to back you know when like when you stare your past in the eye kind of like you look in the mirror and and you're like wow i was that kid yeah <laughs> State Measure 29 requires on-site licensed medical professional at kidney dialysis clinics and establishes other state requirements. Now, the commercials that I see, it's it's hard to tell if these people are paid actors or not, right? Because dialysis is something very serious. It's something that if, if not properly proceeded on, the individual can't die. But I gotta say, I think I've seen the same-ish faces on all of these commercials throughout the years. And this has been a measure that's been... I see very often on these elections. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that don't help people. God, I'm not saying that. But I'm having a hard time distinguishing actors from real people who were paid large sums of money to even appear in these commercials to begin with. I guess go with that on a surface level. Please, God, do your research. Don't listen to us. <laughs> Obviously. I'll make sure to have a link to Knock LA's voter guide in right. the description. Yeah, obviously this this podcast is in the air of comedy but i like to listen to us yeah yeah fair uh state i have measure... to listen to us <laughs> state measure 30 provides funding for programs to reduce air pollution and prevent wildfires by increasing tax on personal income over two million the fiscal impact increased state tax revenue ranging from 3.5 billion to 5 billion with the new funding used to support zero emission vehicle programs and wildfire response and prevention activities just go nuclear already. Jesus. The cars yes, look that... so much cooler in Fallout. I, I know. Well, I mean, right? we're getting the Fallout TV show. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, State Measure 31. Why the... can't Elon do that instead of take over Twitter? My fucking God. My prediction is that taking over Twitter as a businessman, this is the only logical way I can think of this, as a businessman acquires Twitter and then acquires a slightly smaller social media network in this case i'm going to assume parlor for instance merge the companies together and then sell the adjointed company at a profit right so you consolidate and then you sell meaning you make it bigger and then you sell for okay you get what i mean i probably have no business sense whatsoever despite going to school for it though that's how i'm assuming if elon is going to be having a drastic takeover I mean, at this point, he just made Twitter even more unusable. So what's the point? It's I, I, minor tangent. I, I don't know how how much more unusable it's become other than like cosmetically it looks crappy. Like right, right about now, I, I look at Twitter and I'm like, wow. Like, Yeah, you can thank Stephen King for the uh, only $8 per month Twitter checkmark. Fantastic. Sure. But that's still $8. Same, it's still $8. Yeah. As but, as yeah. as as Ben Burgess put it so eloquently, uh, in reacting to Elon's whole, uh, oh, you can have a Starbucks for eight dollars, or you could have a verification for eight dollars. Oh, uh, Ben Burgess was like, right, but with the eight dollars at Starbucks, you get a coffee, not a sticker that says I'm verified every month. Right, like so the coffee actually. This? Go. It's a physical. You can hold it. But look at it's it this a, way. It's a bigger turnoff. Saying hi, I paid for my Twitter verification, or hi, I invest in NFTs. But <laughs> look at it this way. 
even amongst <laughs> the shrieking and shrillery that was a $20 paywall, people were still willing to pay $12 more had Stephen King not made that negotiation. And I'm not sure if he was the one who made it, but I remember distinctly Stephen King, the author, and he Elon Musk. And then Elon replied. Specifically. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, okay, yeah, we'll lower it. And it's like, well, that was the first tweet that I saw of this interaction. So I'm going to assume that this is what took place as a result. Anyway, referendum on 2020 law that would prohibit the retail sale of certain flavored tobacco products. A yes vote approves and a no votes rejects, prohibiting retail sale of certain flavored tobacco products. Look, if you smoke tobacco, and this is someone who's getting into Breaking Bad nine years fucking late, <laughs> I get it. I get the conservative argument. I get the fact that we shouldn't be tearing businesses down for people that have fucking vices. I also get that it's probably bad morally to do that. However, I will say that the medical costs of paying for someone's treatment would vastly outweigh my disdain for just a smoker in general, because every smoker I know is just kind of not pleasant in a way. They're, they seem they they seem to have this kind of addictive personality. I don't know if that's saying much, but um, if we're to assume that we're going to be the ones paying in taxes for that medical bill, uh, yeah, okay. Um, I think we're actually done here, Matt. You, I don't know if you wanted to read off a few things off your ballot as well. Um, obviously oh, we can I do. I haven't finished anything. Filled out my ballot. I just wanted to say, fuck Mike Garcia. <laughs> That's that's literally all I wanted to say. Every single time He's I see his commercial. Why does it always say? And Mike, please don't take this the wrong way. I'm oh, sure. Please take it the wrong way. For the cartoons that I've done of you, sir, I will say seconds. that anything affixed with a militant title sounds badass on paper like you're unwrapping your favorite gi joe on christmas morning okay fighter pilot mike garcia is going to sound cool to your His average conservative to your average conservative looking up at the sky and being like "Ooh, cool airplanes uh my god though like yes we've all seen the movie top gun holy shit wow what a cool movie and now he's going to be the guy running like all he was missing was a fucking pair of aviators and a church of scientology endorsement and that's what you get basically and if you're going to be as rural as a town of santa clarita in comparison to like a big hodgepodge in comparison to somewhere like new york where you'd expect a fucking cult to emerge out of the sand dunes of santa clarita sure preach and proselytize all you want after um, California had its redistricting, which all but guaranteed that our population has shrunk a bit, and so therefore we've lost a congressional seat, it became that much more abundantly clear that Mike is serving a district that is just that much more against him politically, just the facts based on census records and based on reporting elsewhere, both by my own previous publication, The Proclaimer, as well as the LA Times itself, which has made it abundantly clear on several occasions that Garcia is running to the right of his own district. At this point, it's not even, you can't even, I know Sebastian, you always say when it comes to Santa Clarita, read the room. Well, now the tables have turned, so Mike needs to read the room because the room won't support him. The question is whether or not people will actually turn out for his opponent 
And this was something that I know you did a decent amount of work. And when I mean decent, I mean terrific work satirizing, which is his opponent who has lost to Garcia twice in one year and arguably during the last important election of our lifetimes, 2020. I look at that race and I know I'm I'm probably going longer than I need to compared with the two of you. But I mean, with that race, it, it's mm-hmm. speaking, speaking as somebody who who watched that race very closely from start until the primary, I should say. I look at that race and I just think to myself, Christy Smith better have it in the bag if she thinks she's going to win this time, because I understand that last time. She didn't make enough of an effort in making the connection between Donald Trump and Mike Garcia, despite the fact that Garcia is in every way, shape or form, making himself out to be a Trump like candidate. After she started running, she was starting to draw those parallels when it came to Mike Garcia in January 6th, given the infamous photo of him standing outside the Capitol, like I think the day before the insurrection happened. Fine. Other than that, her advertising has been all over the place. I know some people who live in SCV that have gotten constant advertising online. Before I moved, I didn't see a single ad on TV. And it wasn't until like right before I moved. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and it's signed too. I love it. The the advertising campaign. Oh my god. The advertising. So how is that this- any? Yeah, how is that any different from someone just handing out their mixtapes and being like, "Oh, it's autograph." I'm like, "Who are you?" You know, right. I mean, it honestly compare that to the assembly candidates where I'm still getting flyers for Pilar Schiavo and I don't even live in California anymore. Whereas Christy, I mean, forget Carmen San Diego. It's like, where in in the world is Christy Smith for somebody that has previously stated multiple times? And ultimately, what I'm saying here is my way of saying both candidates are problematic. For a candidate who has made it very well established that she feels that she deserves this seat, once again, surprise, surprise, three elections in a row, at least that I've paid attention to, three elections in a row where I'm just scratching my head thinking, well, what makes you think you deserve it? You know, because last time you thought you deserved it and you lost twice. Once right around the time that Donald Trump said we should put bleach into ourselves to get rid of the hell virus. And the second time during the actual general election where she lost by 333 votes, given the fact that everything is arguably worse now than it was in 2020. And yes, the pandemic is far more. It's in a completely different phase now, but it's still just a a wilderness of uncertainty with the pandemic. For goodness sake, what is she promising and what is she going to do that's actually going to make any concrete difference compared with when she ran last time and the time before that. So with Congress in the 27th district and listeners are probably wondering, and this will be my point, my final point before we move on to uh, candidate statements I don't is get a final point. Wow. Yes. Uh, people are w- probably wondering, wait, Mancini, why aren't you talking about your ballot? Well, I moved and in that flux, I am no longer a California resident yet I am still a registered California voter and I missed the window to register to vote in Massachusetts because, uh, well, I was moving. So 
Yeah, I'm I'm a joker, all right. Uh, because you did you did this yeah. instead of this. Absolute um, loser. I can still be I can still be a, a source and a guidance for people despite my mishap. <clears throat> in, in... All right, my turn, Mike, Mikey, Mikey. You listening to this, right, Mikey, baby, booby, Ponch? Can I call you Ponch? Because like apparently that's your call sign, and uh, all your followers call you Ponch, which. If I had a belly, I wouldn't be advertising it, to be quite honest. Um, but hey, Paunch, um, why the fuck do you think you deserve my vote? What what the fuck have you done for me or anybody in your district? I mean, hey, we tried to talk to you. We tried to ask you questions. We tried to give you an opportunity to clear the room, clarify some of your positions back in the day when, I, I don't know, you had your single town hall. I mean, you said you'd get back to us. You promised you had your staffers swear that they'd give you our questions. You had your staffers swear up and down that even if we didn't read them out and get an actual answer for you in your, what was it, one hour long town hall, the single one you had as our uh, congressional. He's had a few. Well, the, the one round I'm talking like that was one round of like several okay. installments. Leave me to my flow, Mancini. God damn it. You, 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 they all they all swore they, that you would get back to us. You promised to give us some email responses. Where are those, Mikey? After what has it been two years now? We're still waiting for those. What happened? What are you? What are you scared to answer questions? How are you going to do up on the big stage when people ask you hard questions and you are up on it in front of the camera and unable to avoid them? What are you going to do? Huh? Just say that you're a fighter pilot and like that, that you're going to fly away in your little wings, transformer style, bitch. What 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 are you actually offering? to us what have you proven besides the fact that you were a fighter pilot i'm so fucking sick and tired punch of hearing that you were a fighter pilot you put it in your you put it in your goddamn statement if i can flip to it fast enough that that's like the one thing that anybody in this district knows about you because it's, it's the only thing that's worth anything about you and even then how hard was it to fly a plane and drop bombs on some folks come on Mike, let me let me read you your statement, Mike, that you've you've submitted in this ballot as a first generation citizen. I lived the American dream. I graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy in the top three percent of my class and flew over 30 combat missions during Operation Iraqi Freedom as one of the first F.A. Dash 18 E Super Hornet Strike Fighter Pilots in the Navy. After nearly 20 years of service, I've turned my focus to my family and community, becoming a local businessman responsible for the creation of hundreds of jobs. Born in local businessman at Raytheon. It is a local business, Ryan. Um, born in Granada Hills and raised in Santa Clarita, I'm honored to serve my community and Congress. I'll always put the security of California families over party politics. Yeah, right, bitch. Lick those boots even harder for Trump. How does how does the orange ass smell? As a former Navy fighter pilot, there we go. There it is. Uh, the safety of our state and country remain my focus. In the last two years, I have teamed up with local law enforcement to seize $1 billion worth of illegal marijuana from cartel leak growing operations and secured the evacuation of 115 Americans and allies stranded in Taliban-controlled Afghanistan. Career politicians are more worried about their own agendas than the future of our country. I am fighting to cut taxes for hardworking families and stop the reckless government spending that has unleashed record inflation and to make our community safer. While too many politicians have are making life harder for Californians, I am taking action to combat the problems facing our families. I have devoted my life to defending our precious freedoms and to continue that mission in Congress, you couldn't resist my could you? You couldn't resist putting that 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 fighter pilot thing in there. Oh my god! And 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 what was I gonna say? I was gonna say I had another point, but I I've lost it in my my rage and my blind seethingness to learn something else about you. Also, small business, like local business, that's that's a defense contractor. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Mikey? 
the, the, the thing is, like, how, how do you expect us to trust you? How do you expect us to believe you in any word you say when you say you don't know QAnon? You don't know Q. Who is Q? What is Q? It's not that store in the mall. No, it is QAnon, that insane psycho cult that you claim not to know. But oh, isn't, isn't your brother an, an ardent supporter of QAnon? I was going to say, there's you, the cult in the desert. You, yeah. Do, do you do you just not know that you have a brother, a, a very outspoken brother out here who supports this nonsense? Do you just not talk to him? Because if, if you don't talk to him, I can understand that. But like, say that instead of just denying that you know who they are, because you very clearly know who they are. Everyone in this country knows who they are. You could be living under a rock and know who they are. Um, now moving on to Christy. Christy, dear sweetie. You, you you got it. you're you're on three here, either three three times the charm or three strikes you're out. <laughs> Plain and simple, you go for a fourth. You're just clowning, and that's my spiel. You're going like two for two here on these on these rants. They're more like showstoppers, honestly. Yeah, because nothing I say, and here I was just going to read some quick reference guide and and lampoon that, but. I tip my hat to you, sir. I salute you. You won't get a salute from Mike, so you know. I figured someone in the service may. I feel like I did more it's... to serve the community as an ROTC cadet than Mike has ever done. <laughs> you know, it's... like I've been to the events. I've served people no matter right. who they were. I stomped around this town and did shit. It's I have just... a we. I I'm a local journalist. We have this podcast we actually talk about the issues i've talked to people in this community what have you done mike when have you ever done that it's just when funny you, when how have you shown us that you far, care it's funny how far a title can take people or at least think that think that it does right and it could have been mike garcia the businessman mike garcia the tomato farmer mike garcia the environmentalist kind of thing and it's like i Punch. said earlier yeah, but it's one of those things where even a nickname who, you know, may take it as like endearing if you happen to like Garcia would no doubt utilize. It's like a fighter pilot ace title where it's like it's very indicative of like, I love my country and therefore I'll love you. It's not, it doesn't have the same translate translative power. Am I even saying that right? Like translative power as if it did say if you were coming back from war and you haven't seen your your wife or child kind of thing, you know, it's like what transferable skills do you have? Well, it's one of those things Besides where you blind can, patriotism Well, where you could argue, yes, if you were taking a more practical approach, I would go so far as to say, and I may be a little bit biased in saying this, that the skills that you pick up in the military, at least determinant of the tech school or the AIT or the MOS or other or other army, naval or marine equivalent, you could very well use that if you were sitting, say, port side, if you were sitting in, say, more of a communication sense. Sure. I mean, part of the reasons why I didn't join the Marines was because they didn't really have any opportunities like that in contrast to the Air Force, though I digress. The point is, is that it can work, but short of going for like a JAG or a legal position where really you're using your politics and your communication, communicative sense together, like a, like a judiciary advocate judge position kind of thing or judiciary advocate general. Yeah. What political positions 
in the military that aren't brought on by feckless internet arguments, are there? I haven't personally seen it, and I'm on that side currently, you know? Like, even in the most tip-top of branches, <laughs> as people have labeled it as, or has uh, ranked it as, there, there's, of course, military politics, but there's not, like, military political positions that I've seen. It's always, hey, I got out of the military trying to further my career as a civilian, and this is sort of the stamp of approval that you'll need. And it's like, what are you going to do, perform in an air show, Garcia? Like, you're going to show people your prowess behind, you know, in the cockpit kind of thing. So you're exactly right, Matt. Like, the transferable skills, what? Yeah, I get you know? what you're saying, that in the military, there are positions where you will have yeah. those opportunities, where you will get those skills, where you get that appearance. But what has Mike ever said about that? Exactly. I was a fighter. But like, what... What did you do in the military that says to me that I it's have set, the experience? It sounds cool. Yeah. And that's all he's writing on. At least that's what I'm determining. And you literally yeah. all of his 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 advertisements have the wings. Yeah. Like who wouldn't and, want to be a fighter pilot? That's his base. Well, it's, therefore, it, you should trust him, I guess. Like the idea too. the idea, too, at least from people on the ground is part of why he hammers home the whole I'm a fighter pilot. I'm a fighter pilot as a tactic to get people to vote for him. And what I mean by Jingoism. getting people right. What I mean by getting people to vote for him is he is trying to tap into those folks that are going to lean to the right, who are going to fawn over sort of the good old days of, you know, well, a boy went to war and he came back a man. And it's like, well, number one, Mike, you didn't fight in World War II or Korea. And it's not like you were under some kind of GI your sugar daddy's bill. a draft dodger. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, you're not coming back under some GI bill and making yourself. You're not. You're not a Kennedy. Like you're not coming back from war. You know, uh, I should be wearing example. the rage ring instead of the willpower ring for this. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> you're not coming back and making yourself into something better than you previously were because, again, you you come back from flying into being in a position where you were already primed to be in that political position. The reality of it, though, is that his base of support is aging out and dying out. It's just a fact of the times. So other than people that somewhat remember World War II or the Korean War, maybe even Vietnam, the people that look back at Vietnam like it was a good war, outside of that, as if it was, Outside of that, uh, what is he going to appeal to the sort of trolling millennial base that memed Trump into the White House? Because he's not tapped into that. You know, he's he's not charismatic in that way. And, and to your point, Sebastian, like when former publisher Stephen Daniels would interview him for the talk of Santa Clarita, he would ask him very particular questions about health care, about Social Security Every time Mike got one of those questions, it was it was very clear that he did not know what he was talking about. And it was very clear he did not know what was the right what was the right response to any of those kinds of questions when it came to delivering details indicative of a Republican candidate running for office. He's running off valor. And it's mm -hmm. like, come on, there's got to be something more to that. And at this point, you have to know, not to repeat myself, but you have to know that your district now 
you're in the minority. If this was right. the district that voted for you two years ago, it would it probably would have been a very different story and Christie would have been in <clears throat> office. Granted, times have changed. There's theories of a red wave, but I you know what? I won't predict what will happen. And I remain completely unclear and uncertain of what it will be like between Mike and Christy. Well, I think a good way to end this episode um, in and of its entirety, because... Do you want to go through the statements or... Yeah, no, I mean, I'm just going to go over, uh, you know... Okay. The statements literally encompass all of two pages, and we've already encompassed a lot more of them, or at least a large majority of them, in the actual ballot itself. If there are any other things, speak now, forever hold your pieces. So, um, but I will start off I with said the sec- what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> I will start off with the own Secretary of State's preface. And as you can see, this is completely falling apart here. Shows how much I care. But, you know, mm. you cared enough to show it on camera. Yeah, that's more than most people, at least. So, dear Californian, that's me. While many of the hard-won advances in voting rights have been rolled back in other states, California remains committed to expanding access by voting by making universal vote-by-mail ballots permanent, increasing the number of in-person voting options, offering same-day registration and provisional voting, and expanding the number of days available to vote. Because attacks on elections and voting rights continue, we are counting on you to vote for what matters to you and your family, to vote for the needs of your community, and to vote for the health of our democracy. I feel like I'm being fucking drafted here. (laughs) Uh, In addition to information about how to cast your ballot, this guide includes statewide candidate statements. Below is information I wanted to highlight for you, personally. Propositions. These are proposed state policies placed on the ballot so voters have the opportunity to vote one or against them. The legislature has the ability to place constitutional amendments, bond measures, and other proposed changes in law on the ballot, while any California voter can put an initiative or referendum on the ballot. So basically, and by making a living, breathing document, people can make it whatever the fuck it wants to be. In the following pages, you'll find a summary of each proposition along with arguments for and against the measure. Vote by now, mail permanent, but you still have in-person options. Track your ballot, more days, more ways to vote, make a plan to vote, yada yada. Thank you for keeping our democracy strong. Okay. Is it really all that strong? It's, hmm. We're a democracy? If we're a democracy, why did Ben Franklin say a republic if you can keep it? Because a republic and a democracy... The same they are not. Prop one, constitutional right to reproductive freedom, legislative constitutional amendment. So basically, you have a what your vote means if you vote yes or no. Obviously, we've already voted because that was the first part of this episode. Should I go down the list of what could be hot button topics? I mean, these all seem like hot button topics, sure. But are we looking at a proposition in particular? Are we looking for something that hasn't been covered yet? I'm looking what Sebastian finds interesting. Well, the abortion argument is definitely one that, uh, uh, you know, maybe we should pay attention to, you know? I mean, for instance, Proposition 1 is an extreme law that allows late-term abortions at taxpayer expense up to the moment of birth. Even if the baby is healthy and not threatened, current California law already guarantees a woman's right to choose, making this extreme and costly proposal unnecessary. I just don't have words for these folks. Well, see, it's funny, too, because even though you don't have words now for additional information, yes, you can actually send your hate mail 
whether it be for or against it actually here i'll even show you it has the actual mailing addresses and emails so please by all means have a ball reach out to the yes on prop one protect abortion rights and there's a number there or you could message k reed at california together no on proposition one i'm not doling out any personal information this is information readily available so yeah we're not doxing anybody they we're not doxing anyone by doing this but i find it's kind of interesting here prop 28 provides additional funding for arts and music education in public schools you of course have your yes and no your pros and cons no argument against proposition 8 28 was submitted and it's hilarious because for additional information, for four, you could contact an email, a website, a phone number. For against, you may as well have SCP'd it and just put redacted because that's nothing there. <laughs> Again, I'm sure arguments exist. Whether they may be in the greatest of intentions is beyond me, but I'm very much curious as to how nothing not not an opposing point is even shown. There's not bound even, to be a Facebook post out there. Well, of course there is. Yeah. Facebook's a hellscape. Worse yeah. than Twitter, honestly. I mean, I personally I I thoroughly enjoyed Twitter before the takeover. Well, that makes but one it's of just you. Like, well, I mean, I work on the three platforms, so out of all three of them, sure. Twitter was Twitter sure. was my my happier place out of all three of those platforms. It was where the least racism was. Mm-hmm. Instagram is just a fucking hate Instagram, and then Facebook is just the racist nightmare. But I mean, interesting. Okay, honestly, honestly, just like I had this thought today. It's like between like funding the police and funding the art education and schools and after school programs and daycares. Like, there's all this hubbub about defund the police. There's all this, and meanwhile, like education is defunded every fucking second of the day. But to my mind and to my understanding and to my having worked with kids from underserved communities, if you dumped all the money that you want to give to the police into a lot of these programs, I highly doubt you'd even need the fucking police. Because at that point, these kids have a place to go. They have libraries. They have after school programs. They have opportunities to advance themselves. So they're not resorting to gang life so they're not having to steal so they're not having to sell drugs so they're not having to commit all these crimes to provide for themselves they have ways to to occupy their time they have skills that they're learning they have something to do that is not considered in your eyes criminal and that is not worthy of shooting them or kneeling on their necks for eight god or however many goddamn minutes it was and it's like these kids if you talk to them if these kids who you think are below you if you talk to them and listen to them in general, I've met a couple of kids who want to go into the gang life, but that's a different story. But it's like they they understand that they have been dealt a bad hand. They still want to try to get out. But the tough reality that they have to come to accept is that nobody cares about them. Nobody with money gives a damn unless they're posing for a picture. Is funding arts and the arts education indicative of what people believe it was back in i don't want to say the glory days but the tried and true example of funding public works in these instances libraries museums galleries 
Is that more so an argument because this is what we wish kids would be doing in order to enrich themselves and culture to be steering away from that life? Or are we deciding not to look at it from a more realistic modern point of view where art as a whole has evolved to be more indicative of something to utilize technology, such as with our smartphones? And I say that because if you want to encompass the gang or the you know sort of bad neighborhood example if we do happen to fund it okay i understand because there's not something to turn to however the alternative of going to the arts in a more modern sense of technology where it's more so nihilistic and egocentrism surrounded surrounded around art nowadays and I don't even want to go into the financial discussion of it because if I talk about NFTs one more time, uh, I'm going to paint the ceiling. Sistine Chapel I, style? <laughs> I don't think the environment that we've cultivated in funding education, art education in a modern sense of what people can do artistically nowadays is any better if they're going to be mentally skewed in regards to, say, posting their art on social media, okay? Because what is social media other than just a virtual gallery that's just more so easier to access? And shit, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's more so of a cash grab nowadays, which I don't feel is necessarily the best outlook to be looking at something like art anyway if all you're doing with art is finding ways to make money off of it instead of legitimately enjoying the artistic process i'm well, not it, saying that this is the case for everything but i am saying that you oftentimes find a lot of artists who don't enjoy the process and oftentimes are egocentric about it and end up falling into less than favorable situations anyway again not the norm but i'd be lying if i said that in my advent in my personal advent in something like publishing it was a cutthroat industry that I'm glad I left because of the instances that I faced. I do want to hear before we wrap up, Matt, if Christy has a statement, because I'm very fascinated <laughs> yeah. to know what she's got. I will flip through the book. Okay. In the meantime, Sebastian, continue. Oh, no, no, no. Um, But uh, Matt, I wholeheartedly agree. Like, I wish this was something uh, I wish I could also finish before. Ryan, you interrupted me. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no no i you know ideally that's why i would that's why i did still vote yes on prop 28 and i'm just gonna out myself for that because i still do have faith in the matter of what it could be not what if not what it's invariably turned into as what i've seen i will agree with you that i think that art education needs to be updated for the yes. modern day there's definitely a lot more tools that are not being taught i think art has Currently, as it is, it, it's being taught in a way that is very stuffy and very antiquated uh, mm -hmm. and, and just stuck in the classics and doesn't recognize modern potential and in, in, in platforms for art as what they could and should be. I absolutely yes. agree there. Like podcasting, why are we not teaching kids how to do that? Why are we not teaching how to kids to, to record? Why are we not teaching kids how to create digital like digital art or or, or like filmmaking or or things like that? Things that are mm -hmm. are, are actually both artistic and can actually get you a job like create like creative design things like that right um we should definitely be working on that uh but i i do think that if you look at a lot of more better funded schools or schools that have um 
people who are passionate about teaching it, they mm-hmm. are incorporating like technology and, and steam and like science and, and technology and, and new ways of thinking into their curriculum and programs. But again, it's because they have the funding and because right. they have people who are passionate about teaching it and aren't just teaching it because uh, here's your curriculum or you're a teacher because you, you, this is the job you have. It's people who actually give a damn about art and teaching art and there's no hard to find them well there's no contest there's no contest to what it says that it's providing more funding for public schools and i'm like okay well if we're looking at that as the example of more privatized circumstance is it going to be on par with private schools is it going to be worse but better than the current situation that it's in like how will the money be allocated? Basically, I think from a financial perspective, that's important. But um, ah, here we go. Brian Dale. Oh, geez. Are you better off now than you were four years ago? Can you afford four more years of the highest energy rates and highest gas prices in the nation? The high cost of gas and food hurts us all. California doesn't need to be in a constant state of crisis. Failed political leadership is destroying California and hurting California families. It's time for change. That's why I support suspending the state's 54 cents per gallon gas tax, which would save the average family over $1,500 a year. The state has spent billions on the homeless, but the homelessness crisis is worse than ever. We need to focus our resources on getting people off the streets and the help they need. Making California neighborhoods safer is critical, and that's why I will reverse failed policies that release thousands of violent repeat offenders from prison and fix broken laws that let criminals steal without being held accountable. California is heading in the wrong direction. The next generation is counting on us to turn it around. Look, guy, buddy, pal, I'm a business owner, state senator, and a farmer who will work with Democrats, independents, and Republicans to build a better tomorrow. Well, he didn't say Whig, so he doesn't have my vote. There is hope for California. Let's bring back the California dream. Can I count on your vote? I don't know. Ronald Reagan was running for uh, office again. Back from the day. All right, real quick. So I'm going to, this one is funny because it's the statement of Jeffrey Malik for Santa Clarita municipal election. At the very end of his thing, it says, I'd write more details, but this ad statement can cost $10,000 plus, which is ridiculous. And most people don't know about it. I'd rather spend that money where people need it. Apologies for no Spanish translation. The system is unfair by doubling fees for that. And I could not afford it. However, I posted the translation on my website. So Jeffrey Malik, um, Okay, you do you, baby boo. <clears throat> Here is quickly the statement of Christy Smith, party preference Democratic. The status quo of Washington in Washington D.C. is not working for us. Our families are falling further behind, unable to afford homes, gas, healthcare, utilities. We can't just keep trying the same thing and expecting something different to happen. Christy Smith will change that status quo. A mother and former assemblyman, Christy understands it's time for Washington to fight for working families. She put our community first, not special interests. Christy knows Californians are struggling to pay bills. She has plans to lower prescription drug prices, the lower cost of gas, and create good jobs that keep up with the cost of living. Smith is the only candidate supported by unions represented working families. In Congress, Christy will work to reduce the cost of housing so our families and our community can become homeowners and renters can afford their rent. As California Environmental Council member, Christy is 
working to protect our state's water and climate for future generations in California. She has helped spearhead historic investments in emergency preparedness and wildfire response. Christy is proudly supported by California's firefighters. Christy is supported by teachers because she believes our public schools are a path to opportunity and will keep fighting for better funding. Christy is endorsed by Planned Parenthood and women's groups because they know she will fight to protect the right of reproductive health care, pay family leave, and protection from violence and equal pay. By November 8th, vote for uh, just vote for her by November 8th. That's her statement. It's better than Mike's because I mean, that's she doesn't once mention that she's a fighter pilot. <laughs> it's copy and paste. I mean, and, and, and I should note, too, it's very vague. It's like, vote she for me. Have any... I'll make it better. <laughs> vote for me. I'll make the worst things go away. Vote for me. Life will be cheaper. Vote for like, it's it's like, OK, it's very I politician would... ease where you without... speak generally and avoid specifics. Yeah. So she's what she's saying is without her in Congress, it's the status quo. How radically different will the status quo be with her in Congress? Probably not noticeably. I think honestly. that's a fair question. Let's, no, let's I, leave I it at this. How about a two-sentence statement where a politician promises to lower the price of like bread? Okay? One promise. They, they can't mess it up, right? And even if they did, that's still one thing, right? Why do these politicians... Keep promising so much stuff when all they have to do is just do one thing and then we'll always have a hundred percent success rate. Just a thought. I mean, you know, if you under promise and over deliver, you'll end up surprising every time. Much like this I mean, podcast. There's bread and then there's ownage. Only one gets votes. Good night. Go out there and vote. You've been listening to Mars on Life. Look up our show on Instagram and Twitter by searching at Mars on Life Show and give us a follow. Tune in to the latest episodes and bonus content from our show wherever podcasts are found, including Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Also, don't forget to head on over to the official Mars on Life YouTube channel to like and subscribe our work. This show's artwork, Happy Mars, is by Zachary Urberich, while our intro and outro is Space Explorers by Kevin McLeod. If you keep going, you'll make it to Mars. <laughs>